Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my esteemed co-host for the last 12 years, is with me today. And, you know, between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. And we're always looking for, you know, tools and tips and things that can help you as a leader, and then it can help you as a leader of your team. What are some of the things that you can do uh, a little differently, sometimes a little bit more so? And all these shows, we've been zeroing in on uh, emotional brilliance. And so what are some of the things that top performers do with their emotions? How do they gear themselves up for top performance? How can they get even a little bit better at things? And as we look at emotional brilliance, you know, what's, what are some of the emotions that are most challenging? And our goal is to help you expand, improve, and select just the best emotional competencies and strengths to master the moment. Some of this is going to be in our research for our book, Emotional Brilliance. And if you think about emotional intelligence, which a lot of our, our shows are about, if that's kind of the, the territory, you know, the bigger area, when we zoom in to your house, that zoom in process, that would really be what we're looking at is emotional brilliance. And to be a part of our emotional brilliance research, you can go to the Leadership Development News uh, page on Voice America And there is an Emotional Brilliance survey. And so uh, let me introduce Kathy. Kathy and I mentioned that we have been doing this for, you know, quite a long time now. And um, Kathy is an executive coach and um, been called the First Lady of Happiness and also the First Lady of Fearless Living. You know, and Kathy touches millions as an in-demand speaker, TV, radio, and media personality. And she's founded four different consultancies around uh, behavioral research. And one of her uh, most recent books that she uh, has is Fearless Leaders, Sharpen Your Focus. Kathy, you can get in touch with uh, Dr. Kathy Greenberg. There's a lot of uh, free things there. She also has a uh, free iPhone app, Your Happiness Now. Kathy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Relly. I'm very excited today that we're going to have an old friend back on the show and uh, an individual that is world-acclaimed for over 700,000 books. Uh, it's quite a feat. And uh, I know Michael is going to be a joy for everyone to listen to today. So I'm going to be brief here, but let me brag a moment about my uh, co-host, and that is you, my dear, Relly Nadler. Um, for those of you who don't know Relly, um, he brings all of his expertise and his world-renowned passion for emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes and his speaking and his team and individual work. He has uh, a very well-visited blog uh, on psychology today. Uh, he has many books that he's written, and, um, of course, the one that you'll know uh, as our audience, um, probably the best is um, leadership, uh, the leadership keys app that he has, and also his leading with emotional intelligence. 
So um, I believe, Relly, your newest book is called Physician Burnout. Uh, all of us get burnout, but of course, physicians will get there ahead of most of us, especially those working uh, in medicine today. I hope those of you who are listening uh, will also use Relly's um, giveaways. He's hundreds of tips and tools. You know, Relly and I both believe in giving people genuine value, and that means genuine gifts from our hearts. And so you can go to his uh, iApp as well, the Leadership Keys, and you can get lots of downloads and free tools to help you, your team, and those around you be the best they can be. So uh, before we get started, really uh, bringing on Michael, I just want to remind everybody, uh, for those of you uh, who've been with us for 12 years, um, we are so grateful for all of your support. We uh, are one of the top-ranked business radio shows on the Voice America Network now for um, a little over 12 years. I'm very blessed. Uh, to have Raleigh as a, a teammate here, and the Voice America family. We are in 45 countries, uh, over 125 cities. I believe we've uh, hit upwards of 3 or 4 million listeners, and we can't thank you enough. We love you all and hope that you'll find not only today's show, but all of the free shows that we are doing to encourage you to be your best. Raleigh, it's all yours. Yeah, thanks, Kathy. All right, so we're both really excited to uh, bring on... Michael Bungay-Stanier, we had Michael years ago uh, with his book, The Coaching Habit. <clears throat> he is on the forefront of making coaching an everyday leadership behavior. And like Kathy said, uh, The Coaching Habit had you know, 700,000 copies sold, which is huge, and over 1,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. So the new book uh, that's not out yet, but it will be shortly, and so you folks are getting an opportunity to kind of hear about it ahead of time, and then hopefully you'll go out and, and grab it, is called The Advice Trap, and it focuses on staying curious a little bit longer versus kind of taming your advice monster. And um, one of the uh, testimonials that I'm going to read says, Michael bon uh, <clears throat> Bungay-Stanier has what he has done for curiosity, what Brene Brown did for vulnerability. The Advice Trap is superbly written, a very quick and enjoyable read, but most importantly is to develop you into a far more influential leader. Michael was named the number one thought leader in coaching and shortlisted for the coaching prize on Thinkers 50, you know, the Oscars for the, uh, of management. He's a past Rhodes Scholar. And his company is Box of Crayons, a learning and development company that helps organizations transform from advice-driven to curiosity-driven. He left Australia 30 years ago, and where uh, he fell in love with his uh, wife, a Canadian, and that's where he is today uh, in Toronto. So, Michael, let's bring you on. Welcome to the show. Well, Kathy and Nelly, I am really happy to be here. It has been a number of years since I was last on, and I'm just listening to you celebrating 12 years on the air. That is amazing. <laughs> that is so much you've given to all the listeners, so much. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a really significant achievement to, you know, even if you were dating to be going along those 12 years, to actually be running a radio <laughs> show, that's amazing. So congratulations. Oh, thank you, Michael. Let me ask yeah, you a couple of I've been kind of dating for that long, and so... <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> well, thanks, yeah. Michael. Let me just ask and you. So yeah, we got some questions. questions that we want to ask you, and we know we're going to take a few breaks here and there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just for our, our listeners who maybe haven't heard from you since the coaching habit, give us a little bit about kind of your background and, and, and what do you do today uh, for the coaching services with Box of Crayons? Sure. So I had this kind of crossroads moment four years ago when the coaching habit came out. Up to then, I formed my company called Box of Crayons, and we had this focus on helping people be curious and be more coach-like. So, and we were doing a lot of work around the world, teaching particularly managers and leaders and organizations to add coaching to their leadership repertoire. Then this book came out. Now, you've written books, so you know how hard it is to write a book. I mean, it's miserable. <laughs> and then you think the writing of the book is miserable until you have to market the book, actually get people to know that you've got a book. That's hard right. as well. So I wrote this book, and I spent three years trying to get a publishing house in New York to publish it. And they just kept turning me down. It was kind of grim. And I kept having these moments of like, do I abandon it? Is it worth it? And finally I said, you know what, it's worth it. I'm going to self-publish it. And then I self-published this book and it sold close to three quarters of a million copies now. And it's really blown up Box of Crayons. And Box of Crayons has doubled in size and doubled in size again. And part of why that's exciting for me is that um, I've recently stepped away from being the CEO of Box of Crayons. I handed it on to somebody else in my team. And partly what's up for me at the moment is I'm in this new place with a new book to champion and then asking myself in a kind of, I don't know, midlife crisis sort of way, well, who am I now? <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> you know, I've, uh, Box of Crayons is almost 20 years old. And so it's, uh, it's interesting taking off the the cloak of box of crayons to go well now what who do I want to be in this next iteration of the path that I'm on and so, so Michael so, uh, so how do you answer that we'll we'll ask you some of the coaching questions if someone was to yes. ask you so who do you want to be now Michael well that is a that is a good question I mean it's interesting you know one of the one of the things that you have to face up for a person who champions curiosity and champions questions. When you come to a moment like this, you're like, well, I should sit down and try to answer some of these questions that I'm very good at asking other people, but not always that good at asking, answering myself. So the question that I, I come back to, I think it's one of the most profound questions. It's one of the questions from the Coaching Habit book. Is I call it the foundation question, which is simply and difficultly, what do you want? What do you want? And... To sit with that and to know what you want is is elusive and slippery and wonderful to kind of wrestle with. Part of what I'm trying to stay open to um, uh, really is just to say, look, I want to I want to uh, create. You know, I really love that process of writing or uh, shooting videos or you know perhaps following your footsteps and doing a kind of podcast or an interview series. Um, but a big part of what I'm trying to do this year is stay open, start creating, and not rush to trying to button it down and come up with the answer right away, but say, you know, let me just kind of emerge, see what happens, see what shows up, and then act on that rather than rushing to an answer. So, Michael, well, that's a, that's, uh, that is a great answer, and especially when you kind of sit with the discomfort, which I think, you know, all three of us being coaches for folks, we kind of want people 
that we're coaching to sit with the, the discomfort and to go a little deeper right. into their, their yeah, thoughts. Exactly. Sitting with that ambiguity is, is difficult, but also really interesting. And I'm hearing Kathy wanting to ask a question as well, I think. Yes, no, I'm glad you can hear me because for a while there I thought, hmm, maybe I've gotten disconnected. <laughs> and that happens once in a while, Michael. So Relly just keeps going because sometimes he's not sure whether um, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> yeah. connected. Uh, and for I'm those sorry, of I didn't hear you, I didn't hear you, you know, there, so go ahead, Kat. That's okay, yeah. So, you know, Relly's in Santa Barbara. Uh, I'm in the Philadelphia area. And, Michael, where are you coming from today? I'm, I'm in Toronto, Canada. Yeah, I'm, I'm Australian. By, I was, I'm Australian, but as Ray said in the introduction, met my Canadian wife in Oxford when I was studying there as a Rhodes Scholar, and so rather than rushing back to Australia, I ended up living in London for a while, then Boston for a while, so not too far from Philly, and then moved up to Canada about 20 years ago. Yeah, that's lovely, and I'm sure uh, it's much easier sometimes when you go to where your loved one is. Uh, people need that Definitely. support system, right? And speaking of support systems, tell me a little bit about how you've connected these books. Um, you know, the coaching yeah. habit, uh, now advice. Um, what we're going to do it's, it's, very quickly, Michael, is we're going to go to a um, a break. But I want you to think about sure. the question um, Connect the dots for us, and when we come back, we'll continue our charming conversation with Perfect. Michael Angustania. Take care. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 are you a fearless leader Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness, and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL or return on leadership. You can, too. Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you're truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. 
We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. We're talking to a top performer, writer, author around coaching, Michael uh, Bungay-Stanier. And, Michael, before the break, we were just uh, talking about the coaching habit, and then Kathy asked a question about kind of connecting the dots to kind of the advice trap, you know, and, and how do you see that kind of fitting in maybe as the next kind of iteration of some of your thinking? Yeah, perfect. It's such a good question. So, the starting point was with the coaching habit. It's it, The praise I get for the coaching habit all the time is how it simplifies this whole idea of coaching. It stops it being this mysterious, black box, slightly weird way of showing up in the world and says, look, if you can stay curious a little bit longer, that's really helpful. And here are seven good questions, and if you start using those seven questions, you will be more coach-like and you'll have better working relationships, better life relationships, just things will get better. And over the last four years, I've had a ton of email and other forms of communication of people going, it's brilliant. You ask, I ask the questions. Things are changing. My life is getting better because I'm using the questions. And at the same time, there are some people who are reading the book and going, look, Michael, I like your book. I like the questions. And you know what? It's really hard to change my behavior, to stop giving so much advice and to move into being curious a little bit longer. I get it in theory. But in practice, I'm struggling a little bit. So one of the things that I was determined to do in this new book, The Advice Trap, was to go, why is it so hard for us to stay curious? I mean, Kathy and Riley, it's okay for us. Like we're, we're professional coaches and leadership. We, we practice this. But for kind of normal people, they're like, this is trickier than I thought it would be. So what The Advice Trap does is it does more of a deeper dive into here's what it takes to shift your behavior from advice-driven to curiosity-led. And the metaphor for that, which people seem to really love, is how do you tame your advice monster? That advice monster is what keeps you stuck in this old way of behaving. So tell us so a little really bit good. more um, about this, yeah, the advice monster. Where, where, does this, mm. where does this stem from? Does it stem from us being... Um, uh, experience? Does it stem from us wanting to be smart? Does it stem from yeah. having an ego and having to be the person <laughs> that has all the answers? Yeah. I'm curious. What, what you, are the three you, you got, you're right on the money there. Okay. So it's this combination mm-hmm. of things. The first is for everybody just to go, oh, yeah, I think I know the advice monster. And you know it because we've all been in that moment where somebody starts talking and even though you don't fully know what's going on, even though you don't have all the context, even though you don't know really the people involved, even though you don't, you definitely don't know the technical specifications, after about 10 seconds, you're like, oh, I've got some ideas for you. That's your advice monster. So Kathy asked, where does that come from? Well, there's one part of it where you can just say, look, it just comes from practice. 
because we've spent our whole life being trained to be the person who has the answer. You know, at school, we're like, we're the, we're the six-year-old kid with our hand up in the air. Get to university, we're like, I've got to get my GPA up so I've got good answers. You start work and you're like, I need to be a subject matter expert. So we've got that level of practice and just it's a, it's a habit, it's an ingrained way of behaving. But Kathy, you're right to look deeper than that because there's something that goes beyond just a habit to say, you know what, there's a way that us having the answer, having this advice monster on the loose, makes us feel good. Like sometimes, and I think there are three personas to the advice monsters, and each one of them kind of feeds our ego in different ways. One of the, the three personas is called tell it. Tell it is the I must have the answer. <laughs> My job is to have all the answers to all the problems. That's the deal, or else I kind of fail. Then the second persona of the advice monster is save it. Save it's convinced you that your job is to rescue everybody. You can't let anybody stumble. You can't let anybody fail. If they fail, you fail. And then the third sneakiest persona of the advice monster is save it, is control it. So control it said, look, the only way you win is if you maintain control over everything all the time. So on the one hand, these advice ones are saying, have all the answers, save all the people, control all the situations, and that's the way your ego gets stroked. On the other hand, we all lean into that and go, that's exhausting. I can't have all the answers. I can't save all the people. I can't control everything. I pay a pretty big price if I'm trying to take that on. And that really comes back to why being more coach-like is so powerful. It's not just to serve the other person but it's also to free you up so you can be less burdened as a leader and as a human being. What's, yeah. what's so good about this, uh, Michael, like you said, it's ingrained, you know, and so I just want to re- make sure I heard it right. The three uh, archetypes you were saying were tell us, save us, control us, the controller. Yes. Is that right? Yep. Okay. You know, I think – uh I'm on the faculty of a coaching school, and so we get a lot of folks, you know, with, you have to have an advanced degree. So we get a lot of MBAs and, and medical doctors and PhDs, and that is always the question, and it really comes from that internal need, like you're saying. It's like, okay, well, when can I give advice? I know, I know I'm supposed to listen, but, well, you know, they, they just are, exactly. uh, can't wait to give advice. And it right. really is going back to kind of the stuff. I know some of your influences, uh, Edward, Edgar Stein, Stephen Covey talked yep. about, you know, um, listen first before you give advice. Um, so those are really, really important. And I, and I think it's a tough habit to break. So say it a little a, bit about a tough habit you know, to break. Absolutely. changing behavior about that habit, you know. And I think one of the things you're in the book, I guess, you talk about between an easy change and a hard change. Hmm. Yeah, let me talk about that because that's a really useful distinction for people to hear. Before I I just talk about easy change and hard change, let me just say so people hear it, I'm not saying here that you should never give advice, right? Because that would be ridiculous. I mean, advice is a key way our civilization works. What we're trying to shift here is not advice because advice has its place. What we're trying to shift is a default response to thinking the way you add value is to jump in and give advice. And it's that habit that we're looking to change so that 
you shift from the advice-giving habit to this curiosity habit. But let's talk about easy change and hard change. So, you know, quite often, change is always presented as, oh, it's difficult. But in fact, as human beings, we're actually pretty good at a lot of change. We're doing it all the time. And easy change is what we're masterful at. Because what that means is we have a challenge ahead of us, and we see the challenge, we figure it out, maybe we ask somebody for guidance, or we watch you know, a YouTube video, or we listen to this podcast, or another podcast, or we read a book. But you know, pretty quickly you get the hang of what you're trying to, to get better at, and you practice it, and you do it a few times, and you move from good enough to really good, and certainly as far as you need to go. That's easy change. Hard change is when you're up against this thing where, for some reason, you just can't figure it out. Even if you know how to do it in theory, in practice, it's still a struggle. I mean, we're recording this conversation now in early, in 2020, early February. So lots of people are kind of looking at their New Year's resolutions and going, oh, yeah, that was, I made the same resolutions I made every year and I failed them again. What's wrong with me? Why does that happen? Well, the difference is it's the difference between easy change and hard change. And here's the metaphor, really, and Kathy, that might be helpful. Easy change is like when you download an app onto your phone. What you're doing is you're adding a little bit to what's already there. Hard change is when your phone needs a new operating system. It needs a whole new upgrade. It's not just sufficient to add to what's already there. You need to rewire what's there so it operates in a new and different way. And with all the easy change stuff, that's the app. It's just kind of adding to who you already are now. Hard change, and I think that's what it means to be curious for lots of people, is it's hard change, is kind of like, oh, I need to do a bit of rewiring. And that's what this time in the advice monster is. It's like, this is the process by which you rewire the way you show up so a better version of you gets to show up in the world. When you talk about um, hard change and difficult change and this uh, advice monster, um, as Riley was saying, you know, we, we teach for um, a, a well-known college uh, for, for coaching, and we actually have to make sure that individuals are not telling or selling. They're supposed yeah. to be asking powerful questions. So you have some, some principles that you use. I believe it's Terra, T-E-R-A. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that and how it's easy for people because I can remember don't tell it, don't control it, don't save it. I got all that, right? So there's some other easy tricks of the trade that you can help us with? Well, here's here's how I think about it. And this, this comes from neuroscience. So, look, I'm not a neuroscientist, but I've read a lot, so I can translate it perhaps to make it accessible for people listening into this conversation now. The starting point is to realize that five times every second, people are scanning the environment around them and going, is it safe here or is it dangerous? Is it safe here or is it dangerous? And they're working on the assumption that it probably is or will become shortly dangerous. In other words, they're looking at any opportunity to opt out of the conversation you're currently having with somebody. So whether you're a coach or a manager or a leader or a parent or just another human being, and you're thinking to yourself, I want this conversation to go well, you need to be using neuroscience to make it feel safe 
rather than dangerous, the conversation that you're in. And terror stands for four factors that make the brain feel safe. So I'll just give you the headlines well, of Michael, them now. Key. We're gonna, yes, we're going to yeah. come right back. We're going to come right back to those four things. Perfect. So don't go away. Exactly. Our it's the perfect thing after the break. Dying. Yeah, you're, you're, the audience is dying to hear them. So everyone, don't go <laughs> away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles of top performers. We're talking with a top performer as a coach, Michael uh, Bungay Stanier. His new book is just ready to come out, uh, Advice uh, Monster, or it's about the Advice Monster. And you can get it at, I'm sure, um, we'll ask Michael, but I'm sure at all the places where you get your books, you know, The Advice Trap, That's right. Stay Humble, Stay Curious, Change the Way You Lead for uh, Forever. And so before the break, we were just talking about the uh, Terra, T-E-R-A, principles and, and around neuroscience. So, Michael, you know, bring us back into that. Sure. So remember, the brain is going five times a second. Is it safe here or is it dangerous? Safe or dangerous? Risk or reward? And, of course, what you, it, it's a survival thing, right? The brain is going, I need to survive, so I need to be aware of my environment at all times to make sure that I'm, it's the right place for me to be. It happens in our conversations as well. So if you can make your conversations feel like they're safe, feel like they're a place of reward, you get a more engaged person, you get a smarter person, you get a more generous person, you get a less reactive person. So anything you can do to make your conversations feel irresistible and compelling, so much the better. And as, you know, as we said before the break, this is true if you're a parent or a manager or a leader or a radio host, whatever. The more you can use the, the terror principles, the better. So what are these terror principles? Well, T-E-R-A, it's an acronym. I'll take you through them one by one. The first is tribe. So with tribe, the brain is asking, is it, are you with me or are you against me? Are you with me or are you against me? It's constantly trying to weigh up the other person going, are you on my side 
or are you not so much on my side? If you're on my side, I feel safe, and that's good. If I feel like you're somehow not on my side, well, then I'm like, ooh, maybe I should be a little worried about that. So that's the first. That's the T. And, Michael, say, say it again. E. What's the T? Yeah. What's T stand for? Say it again. E what stands does the T stand for? Expectation. So E, the brain is going, okay, do I know what's about to happen or do I not know? The more I can kind of predict the future, the safer it feels. The more the future is a little uncertain and kind of like, I don't know how this is going to pan out, the less certain it feels, the more risky it feels. So that's E. R is for rank. So rank is going, are you more or less important than me? Are you more or less important than me? If the brain goes, oh, look, we're about the same level or maybe I'm a little more important than you, then it feels safe. If you're like, oh, you're more senior than I am, you're kind of like, you've got authority, then maybe I feel less safe. I don't know what you're going to make me do or what you're going to tell me to do. And A, the final part of terror, A stands for autonomy. And the brain is going, are you making all the choices or do I get some say here? If you're making all the choices, I feel less engaged. If I get to say something, if I get to control my own destiny a little bit, well, then I'm more engaged and I'm more interested. So anything you can do in a conversation to make people feel greater tribiness, clearer expectation, a higher rank, and more autonomy, the better the conversation goes, the safer the conversation goes, the more rewarding a conversation feels. Love it. That's so brilliant. Speaking of brilliant, Michael, tell us a little bit about your year-long program. Is it Living Brilliantly? Is that the name of it? Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited about this. It hasn't even launched yet. It's launching in two weeks' time, the year of Living Brilliantly. So as part of the book, I was like, okay, I here's one of the things that I, I'm, I have in this world. I have a very loose connection to some brilliant people. And I'm like, you know what? I so appreciate some of the teachers who've shown up in my life, people whose talks I've heard or videos I've seen or books I've read. I would love to be able to share those with other people who happen to read my book or who follow my work. So the year of living brilliantly, this is, you'll find this at theadvicetrap.com, is a year-long program. And what you do is you get an uh, email with a video in it at the start of each week like two to six minutes each week is a different teacher and uh, then you get a second email from me a little later on in the week going hey here's let's extract the value from this this lesson let's make sure that we're actually learning here and uh, we built it into three kind of three seasons over the year uh, each season is kind of got a slightly different theme and it's everything from New York Times bestsellers to podcast stars to people who I know through the Thinkers 50 awards to also people who are less well-known, but whose work I've stumbled across in my time and just gone, oh, this is good, and you should be known, <laughs> and other people should learn from you like I've learned from you. So, yeah, very excited about the Year of Living Brilliantly. All the, all the information is available in the book, but it's also, you'll find it at theadvicetrap.com. Beautiful. So when's the book, oh, when's the book actually coming out? Oh, wonderful. So the book comes out on February the 29th. So I, I love that because, of course, it's the leap year this year. And February 29th is this random day that shows up once every four years. And really part of why I love it is that four years ago on February the 29th, the coaching habit came out. And I'll tell you why. I mean, this is kind of insider knowledge around publishing. 
most books come out on a Tuesday because the the way that the bestseller lists are counted up, it just helps if a book is launched on a Tuesday because then all the sales get counted up. And if you're really lucky, you end up on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list or the New York Times bestseller list. I look at my little book and I go, it's pretty unlikely it's going to end up on a bestseller list. You have to be super famous and you have to have a huge mailing list and a huge fan base. You have to be called Oprah or something. That's never going to happen for me. So I can launch this book wherever I want. And so when I launched The Coaching Habit four years ago, I was like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to launch it on February the 29th. And I don't know how successful it's going to be, but it means that in four years' time, I'll be able to say on its first birthday, this book sold however many copies it sold. Now, of course, it's done amazingly well. Um, so I'll be able to say on the first, on, you know, on, the, on the 29th of February, on the first birthday of The Coaching Habit, we've sold three quarters of a million copies of the book, even though it's four years along. <laughs> intriguing, mar- intriguing marketing there, so that's pretty, that's pretty good. So um, let me ask you a question just, you know, about this. You know, Kathy and I are in a process, you saw in the intro, writing a book called uh, Emotional Brilliance, and mm-hmm. really around kind of getting the deeper dive into emotions, similar to your, what you're in your year-long program, we like to ask folks different questions about their emotions. And part of that is, yeah. you know, I think when it comes to emotions, why we're, why we're, we're doing this, most people really don't want to feel bad. And then when they have right. other kind of feelings, they're really not sure what to do with them. And so part of that is it's kind of just zero in a little bit more. But if, if uh, given with the, your book coming out and everything else, what would you say kind of now, Michael, are you, kind of the three top emotions that are kind of going on for you now, if you had to name them? <laughs> oh, it's a really, it's an interesting cocktail right now, uh, really. You know, first of all, there's, there's just excitement. Because as you know, it takes, you know, it takes a couple of years really to move from I've got an idea to write a book to actually I've got a book showing up in the world. So I can see the finish line. (laughs) And I waited a long time to see the finish line. So there is just an excitement to go, wow, this book is, you know, uh, just two weeks or three weeks away from appearing in the world. Secondly, there's nervousness you know, anxiety, because I'm like, I don't know, is anybody going to like this book? Is anybody going to read this book? You know, I've got nice blurbs from all sorts of famous people saying it's a good book, and lovely people like you are having me on the show to talk about the book, and you've read it, and you like it as well. So all of that's fantastic, but there is just a certain amount of, all right, (laughs) I'm going to step onto the stage, reveal this tender little thing that I've created and I'm going to see if people like it or not. I mean, you know, you've you've had your reviews on Amazon as well. Sometimes people are cruel. I mean, there's a thousand plus five-star reviews on Amazon for The Coaching Habit and there's somebody called Sunny who says The Coaching Habit is the worst book ever written. One star on Amazon. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) so that happens as well. And, you know, there's another emotion on at the moment, which is just, um, oh, yeah, Kathy. Michael, I was just going to say, hang on there for one second. And the reason is that's the star that makes us all who we are, right? Because it creates the awareness in us that allows action. And then followed by whatever that action is, 
we can make that choice of what is, I, I, really, I've just created a new term for a book. What emotional cocktail do we want to enjoy, right? Nice. So isn't it lovely that you have over a thousand five stars and this one little one star from sunny or gloomy <laughs> or cloudy or whoever they are, whoever, exactly. is, the, is the one that we remember. And that's the magic in what you do. That's the magic in, in a coach, right? It's bringing the awareness yeah. to what's important. Yeah? So that was lovely. I was well, brilliant in the moment. Well, thank you. And, you know, I think there's interesting. For me, what's interesting about the emotions that we have is, first of all, just the help you're giving people in being more articulate and more connected to their emotions. It's such, such powerful and such useful work. So that's wonderful. For me, often when I've read about emotions, they've often been kind of like, okay, let me tell you about sadness, and now let me talk to you about joy, and now let me talk to you about shame, and now let me talk to you about um, uh, embarrassment, uh, whatever it might be. And I think what is interesting, I'm, I'm picking up on you, picking up on the cocktail term, Kathy, is how emotions are in tension with each other. Um, you know, I think it's the same with our human values as well. You know, lots of people who listen to this show will have some idea of what their core values are because the people who listen to the show are people who are coaches or have been aware of coaching. And I think the values are most interesting when they're in tension with each other. So when I think of some values I have, I go, one of them is be generous, but another is to have adult-to-adult relationships, which is have boundaries. And that generosity and that boundaries value often play up in their intention with each other, and that's the interesting place. I think with emotions, too, it's like, okay, I have, I have uh, let's say I have a little bit of shame around this new book coming out. Because I'm like, ah, oh, I could have done so much better preparing for the launch. I, I'm underprepared. I'm overcommitted. So I've got some shame around that. And I've also got some joy and some excitement. And what's interesting for me is the dialogue between those emotions, how they balance each other and what that particular flavor is in the moment as these two or three emotions kind of mix and meld and blend together. Beautiful. Uh, that's so good. And, and uh the way that we typically, one, we may not know what we're feeling, partly because so many things are happening at once, and to tease yep. those out. So some of what we're going to be focusing on is in these specific situations that we're in a similar way, you know, talking about emotionally brilliant, in, in the moment, just picking the right emotion, the right thing uh, happened at the moment. And so we're just doing the right thing. Right. It was the appropriate response in the moment. Is there anything that kind of pops up for you? Because you have sounds like a similar uh, focus around living brilliant. We're talking about, you know, when are you emotionally brilliant? And some of our interviews to say, okay, is there a moment that all of a sudden <clears throat> it was just the right thing? One of our metaphors that we use as you're thinking about this, Michael, is if you have a closet full of clothes, that's all the kind of the emotional intelligence, competencies, the strengths that you have. But you're going to go on TV. What's the uh, shirt, pants that you pick out just for that appropriate situation? You're zeroing in. It's like, hey, when I put this on, I'm at my best. So with that little buildup, I'll give you a chance to think about it. Is there something, you know, emotionally brilliant moment that you've had? I'm going to go to a break. 
<laughs> We're going to go to a break, guys. So hold that thought. Perfect. I'm going to go look in my underwear drawer and decide what I want to wear when I come back. But <laughs> exactly. Don't go away. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Are you a fearless leader? Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness, and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL, or return on leadership. You can, too. Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you are truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. I have found my underwear. I'm comfortably back here with <laughs> the uh, author of the advice drop. Um, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but Michael, you are going to tell us about a moment, um, an emotionally brilliant moment that we can uh, hopefully add to our collection for our new book. So go on the journey. Where was it? Yeah. How did it happen? It's such a good and interesting question. You know, I go two places. The first is. I notice actually, I kind of go to the dark side where I notice where I'm emotionally not brilliant, where I kind of get, I kind of go off the rails a little bit, you know, where something triggers me and I kind of flare up and I'm feeling kind of angry and self-righteous and kind of morally outraged. And 
Um, that doesn't happen that often. I, you know, I have the good luck to be surrounded by people who don't trigger me that much, but occasionally it does. You know, I've been married for 30 years, and somebody once said that the role of your soulmate is to press all your buttons. So occasionally that happens, for sure. So partly it's just interesting for me to go, ah, what is it, the dark side, when I'm, I'm the opposite of brilliant? But if I had to flip to what takes me back to being brilliant and perhaps where I feel like I am at my best, it is a place of kind of open curiosity where I have that, maybe the emotion behind curiosity is generosity, which is just this idea of going, no, I want to see the best in you. I want to see the best in the situation. I want to see the best in this relationship. So what's showing up that I can see as the best of? And, um, you know, I certainly feel that I've had moments where I could have been triggered. You know, I could have got that morally outraged place and just taking a breath and going, stay curious, Michael, just stay curious, just a little bit longer. What happens? It's allowed that kind of that wave to pass and for us to settle in a place of emotional brilliance. Michael, that's that's so cool to hear. And I think when we're trying to help people... understand that and so because Kathy and I went through this in one of our last shows so you said curiosity leads you to generosity and then maybe seeing the best so it kind of goes from that core of when you know what's the emotionally brilliant like a target and goes out and for me it was curiosity also which then led to empathy which then led to really asking questions and then, Kathy, you said yours yeah. was, you know, flexibility and adaptability. And then I think you went to kind of problem solving. You want to say something about kind of yes. where you went from your go-to emotion? Yeah, I just wanted to say this. I wanted to relieve Michael of this um, feeling, if he has it, uh, as, a, as an advice monster. <laughs> uh, right. The idea that curiosity sometimes can be triggered and then... Um, it becomes a negative, right? Not your curiosity, but you become triggered. And so um, for for all of us, we have to remember that our brains are hardwired for hard times. And that's why curiosity for both of you is such a compelling emotion because it will prevent the opportunity that that mindset might get into your head and take you on a journey you don't want to go on. So thank goodness for both right. of you. Curiosity saves you. For me, that flexibility can also be dangerous because if right. I don't have healthy boundaries, as Michael said, I can mm-hmm. easily do something that's not good for myself <clears throat> because right. it's better for mm-hmm. someone else, right? Right. So yeah. We all have to uh, be mindful, very mindful. Yeah, that's exactly so, right. I'm just looking at we'll, <clears throat> we'll get a couple more minutes. Michael, one of the questions that we wanted to get to is the four core disciplines of being coach-like. You want to share that? Mm. Mm. That is such a good question. And <laughs> I'm just going, what are, the, what are the four core disciplines of being coach-like? I th- oh, you got, right. You, <laughs> right. you can tell this book is still new. I think I think the four disciplines, and they're coming back to me, be generous, be vulnerable, be a student, and be an advice giver. So maybe pick up on the very last one, because it's the perfect way to, to round off the show, because we've spent the whole show with me going, 
give less advice, stay curious a little bit longer. And so it's it's unusual to to wrap it up by going, no, be an advice giver. But here's the insight that I want to offer behind that. There is a place for giving advice. You know, just like I said earlier on in the show, don't take away from this the idea that you should never give advice. And in fact, it's one of the things that irritates me most about some approaches to coaching, which is this idea that you should never give anybody advice. I think that's ridiculous. But if you're going to give advice, do it well. So I would start about, um, I think there are four steps to giving advice well. The first is just to kind of define it, meaning do you know what problem you're actually solving? So often we get seduced into thinking the first challenge that shows up is the real challenge, and often it's not. So there's something very powerful early on to say, all right, what's going on here? Am I trying to give advice to the real problem? The second suggestion I've got for you around giving advice, you know, here it is, advice on how to give advice, is just to take the edge off your certainty, to diminish it slightly. And what I mean by that is to say things like, look, here's my first guess. Here's an early thought. Here's, I might be wrong, but let me put something on the table. The power of that is it allows both of you to walk away from the advice if it's not right. It means that there's less at stake, less chance of somebody losing face around that. Now, I will just say, you know, as um, I'm, I'm a, you know, a straight, tall, overeducated white man, middle-aged, so I've got all the I got all the privilege cards, so it's easier for me to get from a place of kind of diminishing my own advice. But I do think it's interesting, no matter where you stand in terms of the power you have, to think about how do I make this advice less risky if people choose to turn it down? Risky for me, risky for them. Beautiful. If you got to that place, then I think the third way of giving advice is to just to, to be clear about it. It's like, let me give you my ideas. Let me give you my advice. Label it. Tell them that this isn't a question, this isn't a hypothesis, this is actually really your advice. But then the fourth step is, and this is a very coach-like approach to advice giving, is debrief it. Ask them, what was useful about this advice for you? What's, what's valuable here? What are you taking away from my advice? Because you help them to extract <clears throat> the value from it, and you also get feedback yourself, so you get smarter about giving advice next time. So it's like checking in, right? Was that useful? Did you take anything exactly. away from that? Was that helpful, right? Is that is that yeah. what you're saying? That sounds perfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Great. what I like about that is is first the uh, you know calling it out, take the edge off it, you know, because I think when we give advice, we get into the expert role, like you're saying, be clear. Mm-hmm. But then it's almost like you're you're offering them a gift if it's done right. It's right. I mean, people don't want advice first thing out. So, you know, we usually ask people, wait, 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 wait. And then at the right timing, that's kind of the emotionally brilliant. But it's almost a gift. So what, what's in this? You know, is this helpful for you? Is this benefit? So I love how you, you uh, tease those out, Michael. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, advice is so important. And you, it's like it really is this kind of lubrication of civilization. And so yeah. much advice gets rejected or not heard or doesn't land in the right way or it just doesn't have the impact it could. So there is something really ironic here in me championing this, but it's like if you're going to give advice and you will, right. know how to do it really well so that your advice really lands and people really get it. Well, guys, I hate okay. to give advice, but it's time for us to go. Um, ah. 
Michael, I can't believe that. Been an that was a fast hour. I know it was fun. Just give us one more time where everybody can reach you. Sure. You know, the best place to go and learn about the new book is theadvicetrap.com. But if you just want to find out more about me and what I'm up to, mbs.works is the new website. mbs.works. Beautiful. Ellie, any MBS, those are your initials, yeah. yeah exactly. Okay, well, you, <clears throat> thank you, Michael. And to our audience, go out and get the books when it comes out on February 29th. And, Michael, thanks so much. And for our audience, continue to tune in to tune up your performance. And this is Leadership Development News saying goodbye for now. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.